Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. I'm Faye and this is my monthly crochet podcast with a little bit of knitting on the side. You can catch the audio version of the podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. The video version is available on YouTube. Each podcast has full linked show notes which can be found at www.thecrochetcircle.podbean.com and you can also follow me on Instagram crochet underscore circle underscore podcast. Welcome to the Crochet Clan and our amazing community. Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 55. My name is Faye and this is my audio and video podcast for those that love fibre crafts as much as I do, particularly crochet. It's a community for people that like to support their fellow humans, regardless of race, gender, sexuality, ability, size or age. I hope you feel welcome. I hope you feel the embrace and the love of the Crochet Clan. That's, that's the mission behind this podcast. That's what I feel in my heart. That's why I do this podcast. It's for people that believe in treating humans in a humane way. It's for people that believe in equality. It's for people that don't believe in racism (laughs) and sexism and all of the other isms. That's what my podcast is for. It's for everybody, unless you get, in which case... (laughs) you're not welcome and my time, effort, energy and resources are not for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this because I've really struggled to find the right words. So the world seems to be on fire. People are being killed simply because of the colour of their skin. I nearly called this episode inconsequential. I actually nearly didn't do an episode at all. Um, because I haven't wanted to podcast over the last few days and um, because really who cares about a crochet podcast when people are being killed simply because of the colour of their skin. The crochet podcast however is also a platform for morals, beliefs, for community and for showing solidarity and so instead of not podcasting I've called it harder than you think and um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's one of my favourite ever Public Enemy songs. And if you've never heard of Public Enemy, then um, go and give yourself a treat. They are just incredible. Um, But that's because their lyrics speak volumes to me. And it's also a reminder that life is harder than you think. It's particularly hard on people that face oppression, brutality, racism and inequality on a daily basis. That is what hard looks like. So if you want to be part of the change, to support your fellow humans, then know that life is hard and that there is hard work ahead of you. And it will be harder than you think. You will most likely take steps back at some point and think about your former actions and words and feel disgusted with yourself for having not done better. I know that I do. I know that I've been on a journey for well over a year now and I look back to some of the things that I used to say and do and I am truly disgusted with myself for not having known better. However, I've been on that journey and I would like to think that I'm a better person for it and it was harder than I thought it was going to be. 
But the thing to remember is that you will make mistakes, but you can learn from them. So, a lot of the information that's coming across is coming across on social media. And I'm very aware that maybe not everybody that listens or watches this podcast is engaging on social media or is even on social media. And so lots of you might just be at the beginning of this journey, um, particularly around race because of what has been happening in the news in the last week because of the disgusting things that have been happening in the news, not just in the last week, of course, it's it's got heightened awareness at the moment because of George Floyd. So I wanted to pull out three simple things that you can do if you're now ready to be part of the change. One of the first things to do is to listen to the experiences of others and get angry about the injustices that they are made to suffer day after day. And do something positive with that anger, without being performative and without centering it around you. There is so much information at your fingertips that you can go and read. Simple web searches will give you a wealth of references to go and look through. There's no excuse for not going and doing it. Um, you can also talk to your friends and family about diversity and inclusivity and keep on having the conversations and keep on pushing for solidarity over oppression. But those conversations, you know, they have to be a constant flow with the people in your life. It's not a conversation that you just have once. The other thing is that your money makes a difference. You can donate money to organisations that make a difference. So I've just pulled out a couple here, but there are so many that you could go to. So I've pointed out Rota in the UK, which is Race on the Agenda, which is uh, an organisation that I've donated to in the past and many of you have helped me to donate to in the past. And there's also the National Bailout Fund in the US and I've provided links to both of these um, in the show notes. But like I say, they're just two examples and you can donate any amount every little literally helps um, you can donate to any organizations and again there's a wealth of information on the internet you just have to go and look for a source i would really love to think that the crochet clan folk are willing to make a difference and that you want to be part of the change because Complacency is not an option. If you've got to the end of what I've got to say here and you've gone, oh, get on with crochet, then the only thing I have to say is, please stop me. Please don't watch the rest of my video. Please don't listen to the rest of what I've got to say because yes, there is crochet coming up, but you don't deserve my time and effort and resource if you think that you've heard enough about this agenda because there is so much work still to be done and I don't want you using my resources <laughs> frankly if you don't want to be part of the change don't be part of my podcast it's that simple okay so this is difficult because I now have to then you know, segue from that into the standard parts of the podcast. Um, but, you know, this is what I do. Podcasting is what I do. Um, and I intend to do it justice because I know for lots of you, you look forward to this. 
and in amongst everything else that is going on you also need things that are let's say lighter that are um kind of more palatable content for one really for want of a better word <laughs> so i'm going to continue i'm not i'm not going to not podcast so let's move on to old dog new tricks it's a really quick one for you this month because it's been it's just been a bit of a month <laughs> it is literally thursday afternoon it's maybe half three and the podcast is due tomorrow that's so everything's late because just because of world circumstances i just really pushed and pushed and pushed myself to have to be able to podcast today so it's a quickie i don't know many of you like me might struggle with larger crochet hooks so i find them um i always use the metal straight shaft hooks um and i find them really comfortable up until about a 5.5 mil 6 mil hook and then I find that they get too bulky and um, too heavy and I don't find them that comfortable in my hand. And inevitably when you're working with a bulky, uh, a larger hook, you're usually working with a bulkier yarn as well. So you've just got extra weight on everything. And um, I was working on a project a few days ago and it required a 10 millimeter hook. And the only one that I had was a bamboo one. I'm entertaining myself because as I've held it up it looks like a moustache such a child it's um, a bamboo hook which means it's exceptionally light it's a straight shaft so it does everything that my metal hooks would normally do and it just was really lovely to work with I have had or well I've still got them I should pass them on really some um, plastic crochet hooks in the larger sizes but I find that the plastic really drags on the yarn and I can't get decent tension with it and I just don't the feel of them just it's not particularly nice so um, but the bamboo I can tension really nicely on it it's got just the right amount of slip on it and um, like I say it was really light to work with so if you've struggled doing bulkier projects in the past because either your metal hook isn't quite right or you don't like the plastic ones they almost kind of squeak when you use them they're horrid um, then have a look at bamboo ones because they might be a really good option for you also bamboo is a really sustainable um, plant-based resource so from a sustainability point of view the bamboo is quite a, a nice one to look at too but that is it for me for old dog new tricks. I haven't been able to go into Ravelry. Ravel, <laughs> Ravelry. I haven't been able to um, look at any of the Crochet Clan tips. Um, do keep them coming in because some of them take more work and some of them like just really quick um, tips are very helpful. So keep on telling me what your top tips are so that I can feature them in the podcast. And we're on to the final destination. I have been making things. I've been making all the things. <laughs> I really, I think I said in the last podcast that I just wanted to try all of the crafts. So I have been sewing, finally did some whittling, which I can show you in a minute, and finished off crochet things, done all sorts. So let's start with my scrap vent blanket is finished. I think last month I had almost finished it all, but I just had a few more rounds of the border to put in that is now done and I have a lovely snuggly blanket which Paul my cat stole there there's a cat here look 
he stole almost instantly and claimed as his own and that was that off it went. Um, so it has 24 20 gram skeins of four ply which is like fingering weight and then 100 grams going all the way around the border and it was just using up a load of scraps that were in my um, stash. I really like it. I didn't think I would and then I put the border on and I thought oh I actually quite like you. The border just helps to unite all of the colours together. Um, I still don't like some of the greeny bits in the middle, but Celevi. I don't think the cat cares. So that's um, quite a nice size lap blanket. It's about 120 by 120 centimetres, um, which is enough that I can put it diagonally down from my feet and it covers most of my lap, or I can just use it as a lap blanket, or the cat can use it as a snooze blanket. Um, but it was really quick to do and it uses herringbone um, half double crochets half treble crochets <laughs> I've just been writing up American versions of my patterns which is why my terminology is all out of sync at the moment um, yeah, half treble crochets um, herringbone half trebles on that so that is done 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 which I'm very pleased about apart from when I finished it Matthew and I were sat on the sofa and I don't, I don't know how we got round to talking about the blanket and he said oh do you mean your fugly one I was like excuse me what do you mean my fugly blanket and he was like oh isn't 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 that what you called it I was like no it's not what I called it cheeky gets so he thinks my blanket's fugly and it is a bit fugly but I quite like it for its fugliness it's absolutely fine so when I'd finished this, I still had a few scraps of some of the different yarns left and I thought, right, I don't want them going back into my stash. I don't know why I had this real mental block over reintroducing little bits of scraps back into my stash. I just didn't want to. So instead, I made Matthew a pair of fugly socks to match. I knitted him a pair and they use up every last bit of the scraps from the blankets from nine of the colours in the blankets so I picked out colours I thought went really well together so the greens and the teals and some of the blues and just kept on changing every fifth row until I was running out of that yarn and I, I knitted them two at a time as well so that they do actually match because I'm a bit things have to match in my world <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when things don't match which is part of the reason that I made myself do the scrap vent blanket because it's not very matchy um so yeah he's got a pair of fugly socks which um he can now wear because I've shown them on the podcast and then I've kept back some of the other um yarn scraps that were in my blanket that are also suitable for knitting socks and I'm going to make myself a pair of fugly socks as well again because I don't want the um, the yarn to go back up into my stash. Part of the project was about busting it out and you know using up a load of yarn rather than having stuff just sat in my stash. So rather chuffed with that. And smell nice too. Right. And then also last month I spoke about um, I had some uh, yarn come in via Claudia in Germany. And she had sent me some slubby, thick and thin, um, like an art yarn that she'd got. I think she got it in a market in Germany. Hand spun, really lovely. 
and it has the most amazing array of colours. So like a slurry green into quite a bright spring green, light blue, whitey cream, almost goes into touches of browns. And I said I was going to make a cushion cover with it. And I have. Um, and I had a spare cushion pad and it was the perfect size. So all I did was, how did I do it? I worked out what the widest part of my cushion was. I very loosely did the number of chains for that um, to make sure it would fit over. And then using that 10 mil hook I was talking about earlier, I did a couple of rows of double crochet, UK terminology. And then I realized that that was going to be really very dense and it was going to eat a lot of yarn up. And so I changed it out to a linen stitch, also known as moss stitch, tweed stitch and granite stitch. Um, but you'll know the one, it's like a double crochet chain, double crochet chain, and then in the next row you double crochet into the chain space, chain, double crochet, and it creates a lovely flattened fabric, which I thought would be ideal for the cushion, to be honest, and it was. Um, and yes, you can see the pad through it in little bits of pieces, but I don't really care about that. Um, and what it also meant is, by doing the linen stitch, because you have got the... Um, inconsistency of thick and thin yarn then that works really nicely because you don't end up with patches that are really all just thin bits and you don't have patches that are all just thick bits so if you've got any yarn like that and you've always been wondering what to do with it I think this cushion maybe took me about an hour and a half to make and that was it cushion cover um so linen stitch big hook big slub of yarn really quick make so thank you for that um, this will eventually be going into my stash palace, however uh, we've set Matthew a training room upstairs because all of his work is now online on Zoom and he's got a hard metal stool that he's nicked out of my studio and uh, it's really uncomfortable and he's complaining of a sore bum so he can be really mean about my blanket and then I'm a lovely lovely human and make a cushion for him so this is going to protect his very um, precious dead air. This is going to help him throughout the day. So I also finally, finally got to whittle some wood. I have been storing wood in my garage for years. You should see it. Like the whole of the back of our garage is a store of wood. Some of it's for the fire, some of it's for the pizza oven. Some of it are literally random branches that I found in places and hauled them home because I thought at some point <laughs> you're going to be really helpful and I will need a big branch for something. Well, that has finally paid off. So I managed to get out some birch and some cherry wood that I had been storing, hoarding, probably hoarding, and I finally did some whittling. Whittling is simply the art of um, carving on wood using a pen knife. It's a really simple thing to do. It's a very like effective thing to do. It's a it's a cheap hobby to do as well. Um, if you're just getting sticks from nature and you've already got a pen knife, it's literally it's a hobby that's cost me nothing. Um, so I have been using my old pen knife and Matthew's granddad's pen knife, which is a delight to work with. It's really lovely. And I literally have whittled down um, a stick using my pen knife and then his granddad's knife and then sanded it all off so it's beautifully smooth. So the one that I'm holding up is probably just over 30 centimetres thick. It's all knobbly. It's about a centimetre in diameter. 
and I think what I'm actually going to do is do like a macrame weaving wall sculpture thing and this is the stick that I'm going to put on because it's really tactile and lovely. I did have this idea of maybe using gold leaf on it as well which would give you a very different look for the stick. It would give it quite a luxe look for it. And my friend Beck suggested copper leaf and I thought oh that would look amazing. So at some point having whittled all the bark off my stick I might cover it in copper leaf but we'll see. It depends on what colour I think I'll use for the um, macrame wall hanging but I have a stick that is ready to go. It's lovely and smooth. So when I'd got to the basics of whittling, there was then no stopping me basically, um, and I thought I would have a go on some of the smaller branches and make some shawl sticks. They didn't really start out as shawl sticks, but as I kept on whittling away with them, I um, they just became shawl sticks. So I started with some that were with the little branch bits coming off. So you've got this kind of um, wire truncation to them and just trying to use the natural parts and shapes of the wood to um, to make the shawl stick. I really love them. There's something almost bone-like about them. They've got um, like a skeletal element to them. And I don't mean that in a kind of dark way. I just think they're really beautiful. The wood is very blonde and I think that that lends itself to that as well but it just they're quite sculptural shawl sticks they're quite large you like they're statement pieces they're not to be hidden away and then I've got another one which just had such a beautiful twist in it and um, it meant that I could really accentuate it with the way that I whittled the shawl stick so I'm not all of a sudden just going to become a whittler but um, these will be going up into the shop because I'm actually quite pleased with them Especially this one, especially the curly whirly one. I think it's just beautiful. Um, and yeah, I'll just keep on every now and then. I'll just do a little bit of whittling and add more into the shop. That's that's my plan. I just basically can't help myself but learn new things. I have to always be developing. I love taking in information. I just love developing my skills. And I, I, I don't know, maybe some of you are like me. I generally know inside of maybe 10 or 15 minutes whether I'm going to enjoy something and whether I'm going to be any good at it. And I will just quickly move on to the next craft if I don't think I'm going to be any good at it because I don't want to spend my time and energy. I'd rather be doing something that I love and that I'm good at. Part of my love of something is being good at it. The two are very much intertwined for me. So, whittling... Is on my love list um but yeah i might whittle down a very big branch that i've got in the garage at some point and do a mega macrame piece or a mega crocheted piece let's see that's for future fate to worry about so on to en route i just have one thing and that's mainly because i'll give you an update of things in designs in progress but i'm working on a bit of a monster project um, which I've been working on for maybe four or five weeks now for a magazine commission and um, that's that's been full on so a lot of my attention has been put into that because the deadline is looming but I have been on the search for a summer top and um, I finally got time it's been on my to-do list for about two weeks now 
and I finally got time last Sunday to sit down and properly think about the type of top that I wanted, um, uh, look at designers and decide what my way forward was for my summer top. So what I knew I wanted was to try and find um, a BIPOC beam designer, crochet designer. And also that meant that I wanted to go and have a proper look through the BIPOC in fibre website, which is an amazing resource. So I did that on Sunday. I went through all of the crochet designers. You can select by loads of different categories and crochet designers is one of the categories. There are loads there are loads of different categories and I think there were three pages of crochet designers and that will be added to um, with time. So I knew that I wanted to try and get a designer from that website and I also knew that I wanted it to be size inclusive so that's a 60 inch bust, um, up to a 60 inch bust which is generally a 5XL. I have to be truthful, that narrowed the field quite a bit because um, I actually only found, I think only found one that married all of my search criteria from BIPOC and Fibre website, um, size inclusive summer top. So that brought it down to Sandra, who is Nomad Stitches. Now, I suspect that most of you know Sandra of Nomad Stitches, even if you don't know her name and her design name. I'm going to pop a photo up and I've popped her details into the show notes as well. But you most likely have heard people talking about the Taroko sweater or the Aztec sweater. She's got loads of amazing crochet designs and um, they've been really popular. Loads of people have done them. And um, so it was lovely to be able to come across Sandra's profile Go and look at her website, which is really cool. She's got an amazing website. She also sells on Etsy. She also sells on Ravelry. She's done things with Pompon Quarterly. She's just, she's a really good crochet designer. And so the one that I chose was, it's called the Zig Zag Zoomer Top. And again, I've put photos of it, um, of how it should look into the um, show notes. And I'll pop one up here. So although I haven't really made much progress on my top, it, I've literally done the starting chain and maybe about a third of the first round. Um, I'm going to have to motor on this because I'm entering it into a make-along, which is the Promised Fibre make-along. And they're on Instagram and it is at promised.fibre, F-I-B-E-R. Um, and their make-along is called the Make It Inclusive make-along. I'm all about that. So this is going to be my entry. <laughs> When it looks like a top, it will be my entry. Um, so, I, yeah, I've got until the 1st of July, so I really need to get cracking. But I've only got four rows left on the big commission piece. So as soon as that's finished, I'll be able to devote some personal time, um, some personal crochet time, which will be quite nice. Um, what else do I need to tell you about it? Oh, yeah, the make-along is open to crocheters, knitters, sewers um i've provided a link in the show notes so go and have a look and see if you fancy joining it'd be great if we had loads of crochet clan folk actually joining in with this and like powering through with some crochet and and showing showing some uh, solidarity on this so if you fancy it you've got maybe three weeks left three and a half weeks to um to get involved with this the 
yarn that I'm using for this is 100% linen. It's actually called Pure Linen and it is by Rowan. I don't think this is available anymore. I've had this in my stash for quite some time. It's like um, a kind of olivey green, but because it's linen, it's got quite a few flyaway fibres. It's got a beautiful sheen on it as well. And the thing that I know is that this is going to wash and block and soften and get drapier and drapier with every uh, wash and wear. Um, I've swatched with this before and unlike some linens, I know that this one doesn't stretch in the same way. The one that really stretched out for me was the Erica Knight um, linen, um, which I think is 85% linen and 15% rayon it might be the real one that has made that change in it but this one has got very little give in it and that remains even after washing so I'm quite confident in my sizing because I didn't do another swatch um, but I'm confident that it will be fine um, so I will I'll just suffer the consequences if I've done something wrong with it um, but yeah it's an interesting yard to work with because it's quite sturdy doesn't I mean there is literally let me show you you don't get a lot of given linen and I'll I know I've done this before and you'll hear it if you're on audio but you just there's no give with it it's got that snap back to it and that's absolutely fine for a garment because like I say it's going to wash and block and um just continue to develop and soften um so yeah I'm gonna keep on working my way through that um the other thing that i wanted to do was highlight a couple of other resources um that lisa alerted me to again so looking at um size inclusivity lisa has got a bundle in her ravelry and her ravelry name i cannot say ravelry her ravelry name is lisa rasp crochet She's got 133 different garments in that um, bundle. If you're not familiar on how to get to a bundle, you can do it by, this is how I did it, track down the person. You can do that from the front, front page. So you could type in Lisa Rasp Crochet and there's a drop down box and you can go to people. When you get into Lisa's um, profile, you'll then see a little love heart which says favourites or I think it says faves. Click on that. And then somewhere just slightly to the left, almost from the top ribbon, you'll see it looks like a little, I think like a pink parcel with a bow on it. That's what bundles look like. And if you go into there, she then has this bundle of inclusive garments. Um, Lisa also told me about Yelly Knits on Instagram. She is Yelly on Ravelry, which is Y-E-L-L-E-Y. -L -L -E and again, I've passed all this information on in the show notes. Um, she's got a bundle with 158 different um, inclusive, size inclusive crocheted garments. So if you're looking for designers that are really pushing themselves to have um, size inclusive measurements and garments, there are two um, resources that you've got straight away. Um, so yeah, go forth and, and find them out. Right. I think that's it. I'm not on route. Do we think that next month I'll have my um, zigzag zoomer top on? I may have just thrown myself down the gauntlet. Next month I'm going to have my zigzag zoomer top on. 
on to designs in progress. Um, I finished all of the positivity spiral cowls. Um, if you're watching, you can see one behind me, which is the little lace weight version. And I also finished off the chunky version, which was in Garthenor Chunky number five. So that's um, a kind of mid brown colour, greyishy brown. Really nice and warm, could be doubled over. It's not too like close on my face. So I've tried to crochet up loads of different circumferences in all of the samples that I've done, which I'll explain in a minute. So the chunky is the number five. That's the highest weight that the pattern goes to. And let's just swap them over. The thinnest one that I've done, thinnest, the lightest weight one that I've done is the Come on brain, heavy lace weight, which is 350 meters per 50 grams, and that is in Garthenor's number one. Um and oh it smells amazing. But that I did with a long enough circumference that you can just double it over and have quite a close cowl around your neck. I love a cowl, it really that I appreciate a cowl in the winter because you can bring it up and protect your ears or you know, just that thing, it can trap a lot of the warmth in underneath the jacket as well. So what I have done is updated the pattern. So it now covers heavy lace weight, four ply fingering weight, heavy four ply, so, so 365 meters per 100 grams, which in US I think also comes under fingering, um, sport weight, DK, Add in worsted and the chunky. So you've got information in positivity spiral for each of those weights of yarn. And what I did was created myself a little Excel spreadsheet, which means that based on the weights, I was able to say, okay, if you want to do a DK version and you want the circumference to be, let's say, 80 centimetres, this is how many stitch repeats you need, this is how many starting chain you need, and this is the likely depth that you're going to get out of that cowl. So that means that you can go to that pattern and you can either say, okay, I want my cowl to be 30 centimetres deep, in which case you can then understand what your circumference is going to be. So you can either look at it from the circumference, which is how long it's going to be around your neck, or you can choose your number of starting chains from the depth it's going to be. So you might want a really um, narrow, undeep, a really narrow cowl, which means that you will get longer circumference. So it allows you to just take the guesswork out of it. And like I say, I've done that for every single one of the weights. Um, so it's now really like it was a good pattern before. It's now a really in-depth pattern with all the information, and I've shown photos and told you how many starting chain I used for each of the samples that I've got. So if you've already bought Positivity Spiral, and I know that lots of you have because you're loving and you helped me raise money for Rota, then you should already have an updated version sat if you bought it in Ravelry. 
and you will already have an updated version that has been emailed to you if you bought it from my website. So I did all of that yesterday afternoon. So check if you um, want to see that updated version and download it for your files. It is sat there for you, ready to go, free of charge, because I promised that when I'd done that work, I would just update it out. So if you haven't bought Positivity Spiral yet and you were holding on for that detail, it is now in there. Um, and if you uh, need to look at the pricing of it, the best way that I do price inclusive um, pattern purchasing is actually through my website, not through Ravelry. It's too difficult in Ravelry. It's much easier for me to control it in my website. So there is a pay what you can option there from £2 up to 6 and it's up to you. I don't ask questions. If you need to buy the pattern for £2, go ahead. And I have just got the pattern rights back for Omni, which is my one skein um, asymmetrical shawl, which again goes from heavy lace weight up to Aaron worsted that one. Um, so that is going to be loaded up onto the website tonight and onto Ravelry tonight. Along with many other things that I have to do tonight. And then um, that will be available for you to buy. Previously, it's only been available through one of the issues of Inside Crochet. So it's nice to have that one back and get Omni up and, and out there. So look out for that this weekend. That will be available. Feeding the habit. I have none. <laughs> I haven't bought any yarn, not even for designs. Um, I've been buying books, though. I'm really into buying craft books at the moment and actually one has just arrived and it's called Telling the Bees and Other Customs and it's the folklore of rural crafts. I, I've not even really got into it at all. It smells lovely. Brand new book. So I will be having a look at that. Um, but I have no yarn. One of the reasons I have no yarn is because I know that I'm going to have lots of yarn next weekend because it, this weekend, <laughs> sorry, we've been watching Shit's Creek and so I just keep on doing the Alexis thing with my hands. So everything is this weekend, Matthew. It's ridiculous. Um, this weekend is the John Arbin Open weekend. Normally, I'd be down in Devon. I was due to go and vend there with Provenance Craft Co. None of that is happening. So instead they're doing a virtual weekend and John Arbin Textiles, myself and Katie Greenbean are all doing things for the virtual weekend. Now, one of the things about going down to the mill weekend is that they keep back loads of like um, ends of bits and pieces of um, yarns that they've been working on. And then when it comes up to the mill open weekend, they spin loads of those ends together. You get the most incredible marls. And I bought some marls from them last year. I've actually done a swatch and I'm ready to start a jumper with them. But they're really amazing. You never, you basically get them at the mill weekend and that is it. And I know I've, I've, I've seen the batches of marls are going up for sale. So they're part of the um, virtual mill weekend they've got regular updates on Friday tomorrow and well today when you're getting this podcast on Saturday 
and that's the 5th and 6th of June and they've got all sorts of amazing stuff going and being loaded up onto their website so go and take a look have a look at their Instagram account and they also have um uh, stuff up on their website which I've provided a link to in the show notes Katie's doing all sorts of stuff um as well um she's got bits and pieces in her shop and I've been buying bits and pieces of new stock and making new stock as well so all of that has been uploaded <laughs> do you see the bags under my eyes all of that stuff has been uploaded over the next um kind of day apparently and the, so there will be some new bits and pieces in the shop like the bespoke whittled shawl pins and I've been making some little um new little pin cushions um which are pottery and Harris tweed and Scotch tweed and um lavender and all sorts of lovely things inside them so um yeah it's going to be a lot of fun but we get to do the mill weekend and one of the things that we've done this year because it's virtual is we're doing on Sunday at two o'clock uh crafting with a cuppa a bit like the global hookup it would be lovely if some of you want to come and join us um so it's exactly the same setup as um our usual global hookups but it's at 2pm British summer time on Sunday. I'll be in there. So it's on my um, Zoom account. So you've already got all of the details for that. It's in the show notes already. So if you fancy... Sorry, I've now got the hiccups. If you fancy um, coming and having a kind of in-between global hookups, hookup, then come on in. Some of the mill folk will be there. Katie will be in there. I'll be in there kind of hosting it like I do for the global hookups. Um, yeah, it'd be really nice if some of you come and said hello. I think John and Juliet are popping in as well. So, um, yeah, it should be really nice just for about an hour or so. Um, two o'clock on Sunday. Right. So, on to quick news beats. Um, the June global hookup is on Saturday the 27th at 8pm and Sunday the 28th at 9am BST, so British summertime, which is GMT plus one, don't say that, just go with BST, I am horrendous at the time zones, just look for whatever BST is if you're dialing in internationally, don't trust me, trust the internet, Um. so Saturday the 27th and Sunday the 28th, I'll pop it out onto um, stories as well, on Instagram, Details will get uploaded into Ravelry and they're in the show notes, including all of the joining instructions as well. And the other one is that um, as the kind of pande- pandemic has progressed, basically I, I don't think we're going to have any yarn shows in the UK this year. So a lot of them are moving to virtual yarn shows. Um, some of them aren't and they're just restocking and going, OK, we'll just make next year's amazing well rather than doing a virtual yarn show all of our energy is going into making 2021 absolutely fantastic um but the ones that are going to virtual so ones that are top of mind for me at the moment are Woolfest at the end of june um yarndale has just announced that that's going to virtual and the beauty of that is you might not have ever been able to attend the normal yarndale or the normal Woolfest because it might be in a different the UK isn't where you live you weren't planning on traveling at that time it was too far from you even if you were in the UK so 
it's just a suggestion for you but if you're looking for new vendors new dyers new designers new notions makers have a look and just do a, a quick internet search for virtual yarn show loads of them should be coming up and globally loads of them should be coming up um because it's a way that you can interact and actually be part of the show without having to travel to it so you could find all sorts of new vendors and people that you've never come across before um yeah just if you if you want to partake it really makes something of it when people are engaging and interacting otherwise there's a bunch of vendors who are sat there going i wonder if anyone's coming <laughs> it's like how was um hosting a house party you're sat there with some nice cocktails and like cheese on sticks waiting for people to turn up so yeah if you can support even go and have a look and see what's going on with some virtual events in and around your area or globally so big up this one is going out to um the bipoc and in fiber team um, the the website as a resource is absolutely incredible i've linked to it in the show notes there's so much information in there um knit designers machine knitting designers crochet designers web developers tech editors photographers you name it it's been covered in there and the the way the website has been set up is really easy to navigate there's a drop down box it's very easy to find what it is that you are looking for and uh, there are there are just so many entries in there there's one for um podcasters so there's really no excuse for not um being able to go forward and find um bipoc beam people within our industry they're there and they're listed out it's like a really good resource i particularly want to big up alison because alison is the person that actually developed the website many of you know alison because she is alison chu from the um keep calm and carry on crochet and knitting podcast with her mum vivian so she's the one that's actually behind all the gubbins in the website it's really good go and have a look at it and yeah it's a great resource to have and finally j'adore so like, my love affair with john arbon textiles is well <laughs> documented really love what they do i love what they stand for i love their approach i love their colors i love the fact that they um deal with predominantly british breeds and local to them imagine then if some of my favorite people sent me a message and said do you fancy designing your own yarn color yes yes i do yes please i'll have some of that <laughs> and so um i got to design my own color of yarn and i got to do it in the yarnadelic um base which is 100 percent cordial which i spoke about at length a couple of podcasts ago because i reviewed it it's really beautiful to work with now most of you are thinking that i did a mustard color i did not do a mustard color only because they've already got a really good mustard in that yarn range. And although the colour that I have created is a special, it's only available during this mill weekend, I still wanted it to sit in with their colour palette. So they have 18 colours in that range and I wanted something that blended in with it but brought something new to the party. So what I've actually created is like a dusky blue. You know that 
kind of twilight blue that you get when the sun hasn't the sun has disappeared but all the light hasn't gone and it's blue but it's not quite dark yet and you know when you get the first spread of stars showing and starting to twinkle through that's that color of blue that's what it is that I have um, asked for them to try and create for me and one of the things that we've done is blended through um, slivers of the white which actually then looks like silver when it's blended through so it's not just a flat one-dimensional color it's got more to it um, I was asking them to make it like their Badida or Black Gold of the Sun because it's got like real depth to it and you'll look at one bit and see one thing and then see something else and um, I haven't squished it, I haven't seen it like in person yet but I've seen all the photos and um, I, I really think that's what they've managed to do with my blend to create that, it's called a melange, melange, melange um, so hopefully that's what my yarn is and it's called Another Friday Night because um, the whole Yarnadelic range is based on music and albums and one of my favourite musicians is Ben Howard. He also lives or kind of grew up in and around Devon so that made sense because there was a nice tie to the mill but his um, EP is called Another Friday Night and so that's why the yarn is called that because the colour and that idea of moving from kind of the end of Friday day and the working week, moving into your Friday night and like changing into your jeans, having a glass of wine and slipping into the weekend. That's what that song does for me. And that's what the yarn colour reminds me of as well. So I'm getting some of that. And um, yeah, I'm going to make a garment with it because why wouldn't you? You get your own yarn colour, you have to make something big with it. It's a go big or go home moment. I'm secretly hoping that they'll keep the colour on. It will be so successful that they'll want to keep on. But I don't think you can do that when you've said it's going to be a special. It'd be amazing though. <laughs> right. I think that's everything. It's time to go. Um, I will be back on the 3rd of July. Until then. Stay safe, everybody. I uh, I hope you're all well and you stay well. Bye. She is waving. As ever, thank you for being part of this podcast. Your involvement and being part of the Crochet Clan means an awful lot. If you've enjoyed what you've seen and you want to support the podcast, I have a Kofi account. And you can find that simply by searching for the Crochet Circle podcast or you can find links in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, right, I need maybe to stop scratching my boob and moving my bra up and just behave like a normal, decent human being. Also, when I was getting ready earlier, I was jumping about like a loon, like pumping some energy into me because this was... This was a hard podcast to record. I was dancing so hard that my leggings nearly fell down. And I don't know that's whether because I have stretched them out so much or I've lost a little bit of inch. And my leggings were like... Whoop. So I've been pulling them up a bit as well. I am a disgrace.